Well, good morning, church. That's the weakest I've ever heard. (laughs) Good morning, Margaret. I'm so glad to see you. I am. Um, I I know you'll want to turn with me to to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to pick up at the very close of that chapter uh, this morning. And uh, I am attempting... Uh, to close what I believe has been uh, some of the most passionate and powerful preaching on who we are in Jesus Christ. Our pastor has done that. He has unpacked for us not only who we are, but how we are to walk in Jesus Christ. For instance, he has said any number of things. Take a look at what, what he has taught us. He has, he has said in, in, in the messages that we have heard over these last weeks uh, that we are the chosen, the ransomed, the redeemed, the adopted, the transformed, the sealed, the encouraged, and the sent. And as he has unpacked those, I, I am keenly aware Uh, that we are often more likely to concentrate uh, on anything but that. Who are we in Christ? It is an important element of of Paul's teaching uh, in this in this Ephesian letter. And if we don't get that, we will not we will not possibly understand who we are as the body of Christ. Now you would know that in the teaching that we have heard, in the passionate proclamation of the Word of God as to who we are in Christ, there is a backstory, and the backstory is simply this: Who were you? Who who were you before you came to faith in Jesus Christ? Now, all you have to do is go down to the next chapter, and Paul just simply says uh, to the church at Ephesus, in case you're wondering, I just want to remind you, you were once dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, that isn't a very popular thing. We, We much had rather talk about something other than that, but it reminds me that the backstory of of this. This marvelous, marvelous chapter is that we go back and we remember. Do you remember where God found you? Do you remember when you were introduced to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Do you know where you were? Do you know what you were feeling? Do you sense? uh, can, Can you go back? I can go back and be reminded this morning, and that's a long road down, long way down the road. I can go back and remember helplessness and despair and and a sense of discontent and disconnectedness. That's talk. Uh, that's called separation from God. And so I remember that someone introduced me to Jesus. Well, we've sung about him this morning. But he's more than a piece of music. We meet him in this moment of reflection in a way that is absolutely incredible. We meet him 
as our Redeemer. You, you know that He rescued you when you were introduced and Holy Spirit began to work in you and He began to move in your life, uh, indicating to you there is a better way, there is another way, there is, a, there is hope for your life, there is a future for you. It is not all gloom and despair. And someone said to you, and I want, to rem- I want to introduce you to this Redeemer who is our redemption. He is the one who came into the middle of your mess and rescued you. And Redeemer, redemption means that He bought you back. He paid up. Why do you think we sing these songs about the cross? Why do you think we, we, we talk about this ignominious death? Why do you think we make much about the cross and even more about the resurrection? Because you see, it is in the cross the burial, the death of Jesus, the burial, and His resurrection that buy back, bought back, makes sense. And so when He walked into my discontent, my overwhelming, absolute hopeless despair, I experienced what we call the new birth, being born from above. We were transformed, metamorphomide, radically changed because this Savior was introduced to us and we received Him. Do you remember how you did that? Someone told you. It wasn't about joining a church. It was about radical transformation. And all of a sudden, I am confronted with my shortcomings, my sinful nature, my disobedience. And when I faced that, and when I confessed it and turned from it, And when I invited Jesus Christ into my life, and when I received Him as my Savior and my Lord, do you know what happened to me? I became a part of the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ. Listen to what Paul says. He said, oh, I want to tell you who you are. You are chosen. You are ransomed. You're redeemed, you're adopted, you're transformed, you're sealed, you're empowered, you're sent. You got that way through my son who came and died for you and now lives in you. And listen to what Paul says. And and what is the measure? Look at verse 19. And what is the measurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength? And then he says... He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the, uh, in the um, heaven. 
far above every rule and authority, every power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put everything under his feet, listen to him, and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is the body of Christ, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. I want you to just look at that a moment. I, I want you to wrestle with that a few, few moments. And I, I want to remind you that we, God did something in our lives when he transformed you. He put you inside the ecclesia, the body of Christ. And he made us the people, the children, the family of God. So the chosen and the redeemed and the ransomed and the adopted are now sealed into this marvelous thing we call ecclesia, church, body of Christ. May I just remind you, I know how to tell you this, but I want to remind you, and I want you to see it on the screen, church is never, 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 ever referred to as a building, a denomination, a structure, or organization in the Bible. You say, well, I don't know that I agree with that. You know, I really don't care. That makes no difference to me. All I would ask you to do is look it up. If you find it in the book, I'll repent. But it is not in the book. So when my life was transformed, where I ended up in church is not the fact, it is not about a denomination or an organization or a structure. It's called the family of God. And may I remind you, we are a movement, not a mob. We are transformed, not not a terrified group. We are called and not confused. We are the fullness of Jesus Christ in the world. I just want to hang out there a moment because it's going to get really deep in a few moments. What did Paul mean when he said we are his body? In fact, we're the fullness. We are the fullness of the one who is and shall always be. Just just listen to him. I've, I've, I've been wrestling with this for weeks now. And he said, listen, and, and he put everything under his feet appointed him as head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Well, that's an incredible statement, isn't it? What does he mean by that? Where do we see this fullness? If, if we are his fullness, 
Could it mean that we are his fullness? That is, we are to be his mirror to Mandarin and to Jacksonville and to Guatemala and to Haiti, to the nation and to the nations? We are not mirroring your tradition. We're not mirroring your denomination. We're not mirroring your preferred style. We're not mirroring what you believe about Kuriakos, lordly house. That changed in, two, in 300 AD. We, we are not, we're not caught up in architecture and beauty and things We belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we are to mirror Him in every way. How do we do that? I I have to tell you, I have wrestled with that in the privacy of my prayer, my own prayer life. And I've come to three conclusions. The body of Christ... The ecclesia, that's who we are. We are to mirror him in terms of um, our reflection of him in our worship. Our reflection of him in our obedience. And And our seeking after him in our prayer, prayer life. I, I, I don't know how else to measure that. We, 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 must, we must come to the place as the people of God that says we want the fullness of Christ to dwell at Mandarin Baptist Church. We do. We want His fullness. Not my preference. We want... His fullness, not my clique. We want His fullness, not our foolishness. We want His fullness. The ultimate fullness of Jesus Christ dwelling in this place. And we see it reflected in our worship. So what does worship look like? That reflects our Savior. I, I, I just, I have to tell you immediately I go to what our pastor has referenced already this morning, Revelation 5. We would, Baptists would be so stinking uncomfortable around the throne. Why one of us may have to lift a hand, get loud, or maybe soft. It just mess us up. But let me remind you, his fullness is pictured around the fullness. I want you to be sure you get that. His fullness. The people transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Life changed. Brought out of death to life. People who understood that without the Savior, the Messiah, the hope of, of their life. Without Him, there is no hope. 
And they are gathered around the throne and with the Lamb. And I love it. Verse 8, chapter 5 of the Revelation says, listen, they, they fell down. They didn't strut in. They fell down. It's the mark of humility. It's understanding that there is one on the throne who is the Son of God, who in fact is God with us and God in us in Holy Spirit. They understand completely that they are not worshiping in some some lordly house. They're worshiping at the feet of the great I Am. And they fell down. I could only imagine. You know that song? I, I, I just, some Saturday mornings will whip that out on my iPad and get it as loud as it will go and try to imagine what it would be like at the feet of Christ, the Lamb. They fell down. They sang. I love this one commentator said, they sung with exuberance. Can I tell you what they did? They lifted heaven's roof three inches. Because the lamb is there. And they're not singing to impress the neighbor. Off key, perhaps not all in unison, But it's about praising the name. They sang together. And they did it with power and strength. And they, they, as they were singing, they were rapping in their praise the Lamb of God who is, in fact, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I I want you to hear me. Look carefully at a quote I have for you. I just want you to know, I long for the day when our building is filled to overflow with praising, worshiping people, and our praise cannot be confined inside these walls. What would happen if we had a traffic jam because of the praising of the people lifting praises to the Lamb of God? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, uh, his fullness is, re- is, is reflected in our worship or rejected by our worship. But there's a second thing. I, I just want you to hear me. His fullness is reflected in our obedience to his kingdom mission and to his, uh, to his cause. Uh, I want you to look at the hallmark of Jesus. If you just take a look at that with me. I, I want you to, to see something that I hope you'll understand. The hallmark of Jesus is what? Perfect obedience to his father's purpose and will and mission. I, I want you to hear me. Do you know what obedience does? You just ought to jot it down. Obedience confirms or denies the authority of Jesus Christ in your life. 
Obedience either confirms or denies the authority and the authenticity of Christ in my life and in yours. Secondly, it demonstrates his fullness and it confirms his rescue. There's no doubt that you've been rescued when your obedience is on display. Now, I want you to hear, do you remember what Paul said about this obedience factor in in Philippians chapter 2? Oh, he goes through that. He talks about Jesus emptying himself and becoming a servant. But he also talks about this reality that he emptied himself, but he perfectly obeyed. Now, I don't know that I need to go back and do this, but I'm going to go back and do this. You know what John, John, John 1.1 said, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we, but but we, we beheld His glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Well, there's an argument, and I hear perfectly wonderful people saying, Oh, but Jesus could not possibly have sinned. Can I ask you where you find that? If that's true, then he does not know the struggle of my soul to obey. He doesn't know what it's like to be in a situation where maybe my livelihood or any number of other things is at stake. Because, see, he was divine, not man. He only seemed to be man. By the way, there is a heresy in the New Testament around that whole Gnostic called Gnostics. May I remind you, he perfectly obeyed. At every juncture, at every moment, in every way, it is, it is the hallmark of him. And so I'm going to tell you the level of our obedience measures the level of our relationship. And it certainly measures the level of my fullness of him. And I have to tell you, the struggle of my life is to consistently obey what at the moment may seem insane but is the purpose of God. Some of you have done that. Many of you may have done that. But may I remind you, his fullness is, must be reflected in our obedience which in fact solidifies and makes real our behavior as a witnessing ally to the transforming work of Jesus. Fullness. So I, I just want you to hear me. We must understand his fullness must be, must be reflected in our worship. It must be reflected in our obedience. It must be sought after in prayer. That's where we find the will of God. I, um, someone said to me one day, 
I just don't know what to do, Pastor. I, I'm just struggling so deeply. I just don't know what to do. What do you think you ought to do? They said, I don't know. And I said, have you thought about asking the Father? Well, no, I just, I'm just trying to reason this through. Uh-oh. That's the first and only mistake you need to make. It's not about your reasoning through. It's about, about you seeking him in prayer, then obeying, and then demonstrating that in worship. I have found hope. He is my life. He is my redeemer. He is my redemption. I am chosen of God, and I will obey. So what are we talking about with prayer? Listen carefully. I love Romans 8. In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Acts 4.31, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Prayer. 1995. Coggin Avenue Baptist Church, Brownwood, Texas. Normal early morning service at Coggin Avenue, large church, worshiping then probably a thousand or more people. When that early morning service was done, a young Howard Payne University student came. His name was Chris Robeson, and he said to Pastor John Avant, Dr. Avant, will you let me say a word to the church? And he said, of course. And so this young man, a college student there, university student, read these words from Joel 2.12. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to get really personal with you this morning. Chris Robeson claimed the name of Jesus. But here's what he said in front of probably 800 or 1,000 people. He began to weep. He just became openly broken before that congregation. Can I tell you what was happening? I've more than... More than 30 years as a pastor. You know what was happening in that big old building? Oh, there was about a half a dozen or more self-righteous folks back there. Oh, honey, this is so embarrassing. That poor dear, I wish someone would help him get hold of himself. Can't get hold of yourself once Jesus gets hold of yourself. Can I put that aside? He's broken. Addicted, right? Messed up, right? No, no, this is what he said. He said to the congregation, basically, basically, the fullness of Jesus does not dwell in me. I've become an unfaithful and intermittent in my worship 
I'm here and I'm gone. And I'm gone and once in a while I'm here. I have abandoned worship. Can I tell you, church, I have stopped reading the scripture with any regularity. I was on a a trip, a a journey to to, to make the word of God the the stabilizing factor and the stability of my life. And, And now I've abandoned practically all of that. I just don't read the scripture anymore. Can I tell you, church, not only have I skipped worship and skipped out on Scripture, but I have abandoned prayer. I, I, don't, I don't pray. And I'm telling you, I'm so broken this morning. And he said, I need God to come and cleanse me. I am agreeing with you, Father, that there is sin in my life and I am laying my life on the altar in repentance and brokenness that your fullness may grow in me. All of a sudden, a dear lady, not a student, came and took the microphone. A student came and took the microphone. And throughout that whole ending of that early morning service, they came in at 11 second service and it was upside down and they didn't know what to do. And so they began at the place of brokenness and the Brownwood, Texas revival literally lit a flame across the evangelical life. Why? Prayer. Prayer. Praying people. Beseeching God people. So I want you to hear me. What will it take for us as the people of God to say with our pastor, Lord, Thank you for our pastor's passionate preaching. We are the chosen. We are the ransomed. We are the redeemed. We are the transformed. We are the born again, saved. We are those who are yours and you are ours. We know who we are, but Lord, we have moved outside your fullness and we've been captured by habits and direction that is destroying our testimony, our, the grace of God in our life. And I wonder if, there's any, if there are any Chris Robesons here. Mm. See, I pastored too long when we come to where we're, at, where we're going to right now without knowing this war. When are we going to finish? When I'm ready. When you're ready. I don't know that I like this. Can you imagine the power of that? You know what I've prayed for this morning? Oh, Holy Spirit of God, this is not about our pastor. This is not about this preacher. 
This is about the ecclesia, the body of Christ, that is filled full of his fullness being lived out in the broken and yielded ones. So I wonder, I wonder what it would be like with no agenda, just to kneel, to sit, to stand, and say, Father, your fullness does not, does not live fully in me. I've come to confess, to agree with you, and I am pleading that you eradicate from my life anything that would keep you from filling me to overflow with your presence and your power. So that we may be a worshiping, obedient, praying people who are living sin. Will you bow with me? I'm so grateful this morning that he gives us time to just deal with us. May may I urgently ask you, draw a line, a a circle around you. And it can't be about your wife or your husband or your children, your friend, your friends, people you know. It's about us, you, me. And it's about us like a Chris Robeson. Say, Father, I am in need of a new work in my life. So in a moment, I'm going to pray for us. And I just want to, want to ask you honestly, are there those in this place that would like to just come and kneel in an altar, sit in a pew, stand where you are, and with face and hearts lifted to him, say, Lord, do a new work in me this morning. I want your fullness. Because I am the ecclesia. I am the body of Christ. It could very well be that you came here and you're saying, I don't know that I've ever come to receive Christ as my Savior and Lord, but I want to. And here's what I want to say to you. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. Our pastor and others will be here. If you'll just hook up with one of us, we will do our very best not to embarrass you, not to say anything that would trip you up in any way, but just to explain to you out of Scripture how you too can be one of the found, the chosen, the redeemed, the child of the living God. What a day that would be for us. So we're just going to get out of the way. As our our pastors come, we want to come praying, come broken, 
become repentant. Father, in Jesus' name, do what you alone can do. Holy Spirit, move among us with great grace, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand? And we just invite you to begin to come. Wouldn't it be great to see this altar filled, these chairs? Lord, do a new work in me.